Wait for it. There's no need to wait, geeks. We are back. This is the Active Geek Podcast with your hosts, Jim and Chuck. And Chuck, we're finally back after an unexpected one-week hiatus. Uh, it's been too long since we've had an episode, but unfortunately, I had a death in the family and life has to happen. But we're back, and uh, this episode is an exciting episode, one that we've marked on our calendars, I think, three or four times, and then had to cross it out, and then remark it, and then cross it out, because... Disney wanted to be stingy, and this is the Black Widow review that we're going to talk about. Scarlett Johansson finally got her solo movie. I feel like mm-hmm. all of her recent work, Lucy and Under the Skin and all that stuff, has kind of been quasi-Black Widow-esque movies. I forgot about Under the Skin. That was weird as shit. Ghost in the Shell. Like, she's had a bunch of like semi-quasi- black widow type movies so she's had a lot of time to prepare for this moment in addition to her her marvel time but we've got some other stuff that we're going to talk about because this is a full episode my friend let's dive into the trailer park uh for a series that we love i think love is is the word that we'll use for this one and it's uh it's called titans hbo max Mm -hmm. finally saying like we're gonna put your dc universe television shows on our network and uh, they revealed the first trailer for season three of Titans. Comes out August twelfth. I can't wait for it. This trailer was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. This first trailer for season three was better than the entire second season. In my mind, just because of where we're going. So we're kind of getting the killing jokes. We're we're kind of getting death in the family. All while, instead of just Batman characters, we're getting. The Titans, we're getting Scarecrow, we're getting so many more characters. Uh, kind of look like they set up the Court of Owls, it kind of looked like they set up um, the, the the royal family. There were so many different aspects to this, not to mention, you know, Red Hood finally getting a live-action adaptation. What do you think of um, Titans, which is now going to feature three former-slash-current Robins with the addition of Tim Drake in the season? I thought it was really good. My favorite part is uh, the amusement mile scene. And I'm assuming, I mean, it looked like a silhouette yeah. of Joker. I mean, who else would it be? I don't. Yeah. I mean, he had the crowbar bar and he was uh, beating him. And like, are we getting a Joker face to face? You know what I mean? Like, I haven't heard anything. Nothing's been announced. But after seeing that, I'm like, what's well, it? It's got to be Joker. It's not yeah. a henchman. And obviously he was an amusement mile. So to me, that was the most exciting thing. And then, uh, you know, we can see Barbara yep. Gordon. Commissioner uh, Barbara Gordon. Jonathan Crane. So I'm excited how they do that. Because they've, they've done a decent job with the characters and staying tr- as true as they can to their goal. Yeah, I think they do a good job. This is a series that started off pretty rocky because you got a bunch of racist trolls out there who don't like when things change and the moment starfire was recat was uh cast as a black actress was uh the internet imploded for geeks because people are pissed about it but then you know normal rational people are trying like defending the casting because again things change and allow for change and you know representation matters but this is a series that from day one I've truly enjoyed. I've thought the production value was great. The costumes were great. The stories were great. And the inclusion of the characters is great. Uh, to your point about Joker, I don't believe we're going to get face-to-face Joker in season three. I think they're building to season four with the Joker. They're bringing in a bunch of moving pieces and they're bringing in mini bosses, the Scarecrow, who's going to get you to the point where the Joker is your maybe the last episode of season four or season three reveal or something like an allusion to that. The one thing I want to talk about besides, you know, how awesome this looks and we got to see crypto and beast boy and all the, the other characters, Hawk and dove. This is the most screen time. I think Hawk and dove have ever had in anything. Titans is just revitalizing them. But when we're panning to amusement mile, amusement mile and Jason Todd is walking through, he sees the cop with the Joker laughing guest, right? Tell me that didn't look like Kevin Conroy. I gotta rewatch the trailer again. And dude, honestly, if it's Kevin Conroy, what a poetic scene, like just for geeks, where Batman is in a DC live action show, not as Batman, but as a victim to the Joker. Oh, I thought that would be so cool. 
I'll have to rewatch it when we're done. Yeah, and, it, and maybe it's, maybe it's just the high cheekbones because Kevin Conroy has extremely high cheekbones, but it, it really looked like him for me. And uh, this is something that I'm, I'm looking forward to. Don't think we're going to do an after show for this because we have What If coming out in a Hawkeye, but who knows, man. If I'm feeling froggy, I might just leap. So we'll see. <laughs> this is a, a fantastic, fantastic series, um, and I'm excited. I, I implore people to watch this. It's not your CW um, DC stuff. CW stuff is now pretty garbage to me, but this is a this is not world class, but this is a, a very good step up from the Jupiter's uh, Legacy. Step up from you know October Faction. It's like three steps up from that, but yeah, this is three. Ru- it's like a yeah. flight of stairs up. This is season one of Jessica Jones level good. That's where I, I put it, and I like Jessica Jones so. Uh, I I think this is going to be great. But let's move into another series that's coming up uh, that, you know, was kind of played with, like, what ifs, right? And it's She-Hulk. What if Tatiana Maslany doesn't sign on? Uh, What if they don't include Red Red Hulk? What if they don't include so-and-so, right? So we were sitting there thinking, like, who's going to be the the villain? Is it going to be Thaddeus Ross? Is it going to be Typhoid Mary? Are we going to get, you know, Wildcat and these characters? Um, Absorbing Man, are we going to get these characters? What we're getting is Titania, which is a pretty dope character. Um, do you know what the fun fact, the, the first Titania's name was? No. All right, so it was Davida DeVito. Davida DeVito. Which is a, an absolute comic name. And, you know, the, the DD, like, is perfect. Yeah. But the possibilities of Danny DeVito being in this at that point would have been <laughs> so goddamn good. But they casted somebody who is a well-known actress from The Good Place and has a comic book name in Jamila Jamil as Titania. And I'm, I'm extremely excited for this. I don't think we're going to get Davida DeVito. I think no. we're going – I think we're going to get Mary McFerrin uh, of Denver, Colorado. And uh, for those who may not know who Titania is, she's an expert-level street fighter, immense superhuman strength with superhuman stamina and a high level of resistance and physical injury. Uh, so she's she's pretty damn badass. She started out in July of 1984 in Secret Wars number three and was created by Jim Shooter and Mike Zeck. And she kind of started as a professional wrestler at one point, in her, and that was DeVito. But we have Mary McFerrin, who goes by the nickname Skeeter. Skeeter. So I'm here for it. But what do you think about Jamila Jamil coming in as – titania in she hulk well if you remember we did a uh when they announced she hulk we talked about villains and i think titania were both on our list because i yeah we said that was the most practical villain because you know she hulk doesn't have a huge rogues gallery so you know there was a couple and we thought titania having a female villain against a female hero was you know, definitely the right way to go, and it was. Um, Jamila Jamil, no idea who she is. Really? Oh, she's good. She's she's funny and actually is a very good actress. I loved her in The Good Place. I've seen commercials of The Good Place. I recognized her when I, you know, saw the picture. I was like, oh, I've seen her before, um, but I've never seen her in anything. So I I can't judge because uh, I don't know how she is, but. Um, it's cool that you know we're getting Titania, uh, a new. F- I like it that it's a, a female villain. We don't get a yeah. lot of those, um, so that's pretty cool. But yeah, no, I'm here for it. Yeah, I mean the thing about this is like she's also in recent years kind of been reformed into an antihero, and if we know what Marvel does, they like to repackage their characters as antiheroes and give them you know a reason to be evil at the moment, right? So I think that Titania fits the perfect mold for what a marvel cinematic universe villain is also the thing is that i think that's pretty cool is in the comics she's a love interest to one victor krill who is the absorbing man we already have seen the absorbing man in the marvel cinematic universe adjacent television universe and agents of shield it would be cool to kind of get more absorbing man and i'll be honest with you if we're going to get absorbing man i'd like it to be dominic purcell from legends Oh, he would. He looks exactly like him. Yeah, I think he'd be perfect. Um, and I think, you know, I'd like to see him in Marvel and get the the Marvel treatment after being sh- kind of shafted 
on I mean, Legends he, of Tomorrow. He was in Marvel, not MCU. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, MCU. When I say Marvel, yeah. I mean MCU. That's he, previous stuff, not so yeah, much. He was Dracula in yeah. uh, Blade. Yeah, and then, I mean, this also could lead to the the Masters of Evil. It, it, it could actually, you know, she was introduced in Secret Wars. Could this be, you know, a foretelling of Secret Wars to come in the future? I don't know, but uh, I'm going to echo your thoughts, and I am absolutely here for it. Now, here's something I'm not here for. No, no, um, no, no. And, and this is kind of this has kind of been a discussion for what feels like 15 years. Uh, Megan Fox, she is always relevant because I yeah. think for guys our age, she was constant like spank bank material. So everybody kind of brings Megan Fox up, right? And now everyone's kind of referring to her as this bi icon, which is great, right? Out there doing stuff for the LGBTQ community. She's Machine Gun Kelly's girlfriend, right? She wants to be a superhero or a supervillain. And I don't want that, but I live in a world where Batman is Edward Cullen. You know what I mean? So I'm willing to give everything a shot as far as castings and superheroes, right? So I don't know if Megan Fox is a great actress because I haven't seen much of her stuff. You know, I've seen Jennifer's Body and I've seen the Transformers stuff. I know she just came out with like a shoot 'em up movie where she's like in the desert. Didn't watch it. Didn't look interesting to me. But the question is, if she were to get cast as a superhero, like she's got the looks, right? She's got the body to be a superhero or a supervillain. Who would you want her to be? Uh, nobody, but <laughs> I have to pick someone. I mean, yes. like, look, 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 you know, she was in this genre. She played April O'Neil. Awful oh yes, she was in that. Oh, forgot about um, that. Yeah, so you know she, you know, even though it's not the superhero genre, it's still kind of in that realm. Um, yeah, I, I forget about that movie, and poor Stephen Amell was in that too. Gosh. Yeah, and remember when he was cast, we were so excited, and it was like, oh. Well, we were excited because that's our boy. Let, let's yeah. be honest, that's our boy. Yeah. We want, you know, this is huge for him. Arrow is big, but Turtles potentially could have been huge for him. Yeah. And it didn't pan and, out. Like, I didn't hate the turtle movies. I didn't like her in them. I don't think she can play a superhero. I do have a character in mind. And after I put it on my list, I saw that that's who she wanted to be. Um, okay, so let me see what you got and see where we're at. Because I'll be honest with you. I didn't read any of the interview. I just went off the headline and said, you know what? Let me play casting director oh. in, a le- in a less creepy way. So oh, let me I see where you went. I didn't read the interview because I didn't care, but okay. I saw people posting about it and then like, you know, people doing fan stuff. Uh, so what do you got? Uh, Poison Ivy. Yeah. You know, that's the, that's the go-to, right? Because it's a sexy character. Poison Ivy is a bisexual. Uh, Megan Fox is bisexual. So it it's a perfect fit, right? The problem right. is I didn't go DC Comics because I don't think DC puts out very good properties, to be honest with you. So I think well, that this would just kind of further tarnish her acting abilities. I put DC because that's a total DC move. Yeah, I oh don't, yeah. I don't see Marvel going. Oh yeah, we're we're getting her to play Rogue. Yeah, or Jean Grey. No, they, Marvel would never do that. So oh, I don't, it, I don't know if, I don't know, man. I don't know if never is a word in the Marvel universe. Yeah. They're about giving people shots. And with listen, with the right creative director, they may untap her acting abilities that we haven't seen and that she probably has been working on, but hasn't been given the right opportunity for. You know what I mean? I don't know. Pers- personally, I see Kristen Stewart getting a Marvel role before I see Megan Fox. Yeah. And I don't I, want I, either of that, to be honest no. with you, but I see it happening. But with the Poison Ivy, I think, especially if they, you know, they're they seem like they're going for Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn having a relationship. Yep. I can see that between her and Margot Robbie. I'd watch that movie. Like, let's be oh, honest. So I'd so <laughs> certainly watch that movie. And listen, that, she'd make a hot Poison Ivy, but I don't know if I'd listen to the movie. I'd be a total misogynist and watch that movie as a, a pervert. You know what I mean? So who do you have? I'm, I'm okay, so y- you kind of said it, man. I, I think if she were to fit into a universe i think it would be an ensemble universe and again i don't want her to be either of these characters but i think 
she could play Rogue just because of the way she looks and, you know, Rogue's kind of like comic wise and, um, you know, animation style wise, she's kind of been, you know, sexed up a little bit. Right. Uh, and she's not afraid to kind of be curvy and wear the scantily clad suits and you go into like the savage world stuff. Um, so I think she would be casted as Rogue. Do I want that? No. Um, and then I took one more and this is more realistic just because of who's, kitchen this is uh black cat yeah this is a that like black cat and jackpot like sony is looking for hot names who have a fan base and megan fox is a hot name um because she's hot and i think sony would just kind of jump on that it's a very sony move i think she'd be best treated and handled and like you know given not creative control but I think she'd be given more guidance under the guise of a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. I don't know, man. I just I'm not listen, I'm not saying that this is what I want. This is the topic, this was the question, this is my answer. Um, oh no, I get it. I just We've probably lost a a bunch of listeners the moment I said I want Megan Fox as a superhero, and that's the tagline. Jim wants Megan Fox as Rogue. No. <laughs> Jim thinks that if they were to cast anybody, if Megan Fox were up for it, that would be the character that she would audition for. That's just me. Yeah, but I mean... I'd still watch the movie, let's be honest. <laughs> if it's an X-Men movie and she's in it, I'd watch it. Could could no, be worse. So I. Nothing that she's in is going to turn me away from. But like, okay, no. That movie, I think it was called Roar, the one you were talking about. Uh, sure. I, I, won't, I won't see that. But Wasn't like, she, was, was she hunting poachers? Yeah, no, it's something like that. Like, it was a fucking tiger on it, a lioness or something, or a lion. I don't know. I think it was called Roar. Uh, but it... Uh, rogue. It was called Rogue. rogue. Uh, there you go. She's Rogue. Boom. Yeah. There you go. Oh, uh, she was a mercenary leading a squad of soldiers on their mission to rescue hostages in a remote part of Africa. So not hunting poachers. Just so, just so we know. And if you guys want to watch it, and if Chuck and I want to watch it, it's available on Hulu. Oh yeah. So there you go. So let's let's move on to yeah. to something that we we know about a lot about, and that's comics. Um, I have some picks this week. Last week was a big week, and I missed out on it. Moon Knight came out. Um, Booster Gold and Blue Beetle came out. Uh, Steve Orlando put out a new book uh, under Absolute Carnage. Of he reintroduced the world to Phage, which was awesome. But this week I have two books. They're both from Marvel. Not a lot of number ones that caught my eye this week. Um, and it's Amazing Fantasy number one by Kari Andrews, written and drawn by and experienced these heroes like never before. Red Room Black Widow, Teenage Spider-Man, World War II Captain America, the most iconic versions of your favorite Marvel characters from across time and space all wake up on an island of intrigue, darkness, and amazing fantasy. So this is kind of like the comic book version of old. Um, are they dead? Are they dreaming, or have they truly been transported to another fantastical realm? And is there any way for them to return home? This isn't just a love letter. Love letter. This isn't just a love letter to your favorite Marvel eras. It's a reinvestment in the seminal characters you've already loved, plucked from their quintessential timelines. Brought to you by Carrie Andrews. This is one of one you've been waiting for. True believers. It's one fa- amazing fantasy for all ages. Does that strike you as a book that you want to read? Uh, I don't know. Probably not. Yeah, and, and listen, I said this is the comic book version of old, the M. Night Shyamalan movie. I do know that old is based off of a graphic novel, so it was just a joke. For anybody out there who wants to go to the internet and get mad, me, mean to me, I'm a sensitive boy. Be nice. <laughs> Let's go to the second one. It's called Symbiote Spider-Man Crossroads, written by Peter David with art from Greg Land. Peter David and Greg Land do the time warp again. After three sense-shattering series, Peter David, Greg Land, Jay Lyston, and Frank DeMarta, the entire symbiote Spider-Man crew return. This time, they're taking Spider-Man down the road, less traveled, to the supremely psychedelic crossroads dimension. In this most ambitious series yet, the symbiote Spider-Man crossroad, uh, the symbiote Spider-Man team puts Peter Parker and his alien costume on a collision course with none other than the Incredible Hulk in a story set just before Peter David's landmark run on the Hulk series. You're a Spider-Man guy. Got yeah. it tatted on your body. You're a big you. fan of the Peter. What are you thinking about this? Peter David writing Peter Parker. It sounds pretty cool. Um, I'm just getting back into Marvel stuff, so 
I, you know, I, I got a Heroes Reborn, which I'm not finished yet because I'm a little behind, but I like it. Um, but yeah, I'm, that sounds something I would be interested in. Yeah, I'm, I mean, obviously these are both of my picks of the week, so I'm definitely going to pick them both up. Um, I like Peter David's stuff. I think that Hulk run was amazing, and it's curi- I'm curious to kind of see where he goes with that. But let's stick to Marvel. Let's get to a spoiler town, and let's talk about Black Widow, a movie that a lot of people loved. It made a lot of money, and I have some thoughts, and I know you have some thoughts too. So let's just get it out of the way. Spoiler warning right now. We are going to spoiler town this entire episode. Um, and if you... You haven't listened to us before, you know that we do this. So here we go. The movie, Black Widow, comes out, right? Disney Plus, movie theater movie. Did you see it in theaters or at home? I've seen it at home. Um, okay. We haven't gone to theaters yet, and it's cheaper for us to see it at home. Yes, I saw it in theaters um, because, you know, just me and my wife. So I didn't get, you know, I don't have to worry about $85 worth of movie tickets and popcorn and all that fun stuff. So I went and saw it, saw it in the theater with about seven people uh, in the theater with me on opening weekend, opening night to be exact. But in terms of the movie, I'm going to air my thoughts and then I want to hear yours because we really haven't had a chance to kind of break no, this we down. we haven't talked about it much at all. And this is what we do. We kind of, this is how the podcast started for those who are new to the game. We text about movies and tv and superheroes and comics all the time yeah and we were like let's just do a podcast and here we are five years later six years later discussing the same shit that we talked about six years ago in terms of this movie um i liked it i've watched it twice so i've had some time to kind of break it down i liked the tone but i felt that at times i feel like marvel just gave Natasha powers that I thought were a little slightly exaggerated you know what I mean so like here are some examples and you know it might cross your mind when she fell off the building in uh, Budapest she hit an awning and a dumpster and just got right back up she fell like (laughs) seven floors and just got right back up Um, the car crash with Taskmaster in the beginning she got flipped over by an assault vehicle and just got back up and decided that she's fully ready to do Kung Fu, Muay Thai, you know, BJJ. She was just ready to fight this random rogue who has a jetpack with a sword and a bow coming out of it. Um, in addition to that, the falls after she was her and Taskmaster and everybody else fall out of like the altered carbon cloud base. She's she's just falling and like sliding on buildings and breaking through glasses. I felt it was a little over exaggerated. But that's just me. Um, the thing that I loved about this was Taskmaster scenes. Uh, all the fight stuff in there, the fight scenes were great. I liked the storytelling because you, you not only did you get a family drama, you got a superhero action movie, but you also got like the introduction to the next wave of superheroes, like with Yelena. I thought Florence mm-hmm. Pugh crushed it. I'm kind of all over the place right now. And I thought the intros to each superhero were great that we'll kind of talk about in a minute. The one thing that I I want to highlight that kind of caught the news as we finished the movie was that this was technically the first inclusion of a mutant in the MCU where the guy who was doing the arm wrestling with Red Guardian in prison. Yeah. You remember that scene? Yes. They're saying that that was the character Ursa Major. Yeah, I saw that. Who turns into a giant bear person, which is amazing and very Russian. So those are my kind of thoughts on the movie. Where are you with this movie? Because I, I know a little bit about where you stand, but I want to know completely where you stand. I liked it. Um, I didn't think it was great. Uh, you know, I had, had some issues with it. But overall, I, th- I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was a good movie. Um, in my mind, it was kind of a pointless entry. Beside, To me, it was more of a Yelena movie. And an introduction to her. Um, yeah, this was definitely a Yelena Red Room kind of origin story for sure. Yeah. But I mean, I, I feel the same way sometimes that like I felt and I said this in Galaxy Wars that this kind of felt like a Scarlett Johansson supporting cast. But again, yeah. you know, it's a Black Widow movie and Black Widow is only a title to several people. And it wasn't a Natasha Romanoff movie or a Yelena Belova movie. So, you know, we're seeing the 
past widow, we're seeing the current widow, and we're seeing the future widows. So I can I can pick up what you're putting down, but I also like after the second time I saw it, I was like, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I mean, I I liked it. I I thought it was done well. I thought it, you know for what it was, a movie, a prequel movie, because we don't get many of them, and uh, you know we do get a handful of them with you know Captain Marvel, Captain America. But this was in an already established character prequel. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if prequel is the right word. I don't know. Was, I mean, I, I definitely understand where you're coming from. But like, this was just a continuation to a story arc that happened to be a solo movie. But I, I my main gripe, and I think this might be the only gripe I had, was that it was wrong place, wrong time. Right? I feel like this should have been four years ago actually in between civil war and infinity war you know because yeah. you're watching a character who's already dead yeah and so that, it kind of takes you out of the game a little bit that was my kind of thing with it because like we know she's gonna go nowhere like yeah. she's dead unless they were like oh she's back to life and there's infinity stone no she's dead to so to me like when i say pointless it, i don't mean like it was a pointless movie but like for what they had, like, you know that story's in her story ends. Are you saying that this was, wasn't was needed in the scheme of things? Not really. Okay. I, okay. I I don't think it was. I think, I like I said, I think it was more Elena vehicle because obviously from the end credit scene, you know, we're going to see more of her. And big, I think it was big end credit scene. Huge. A and lot of people don't understand the importance of that. And had that come out when it was supposed to, oh my God, that would have been so much bigger. Yeah, and, you know, like you said, it, um, you know, it was supposed to come out before uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. So, you know, this was, that was going to be huge. But like I said, like, to me, this was an introduction of a character that you're going to see more of. And like you said, the Black Widow or Natasha Romanoff kind of played second fiddle to that. Yeah. So I, mean, I, I I enjoyed the movie, but I think it was just more of a how do we introduce this character without bringing her into a TV show first? Okay, we're going to put her in a movie. Oh, we're doing the Black Widow movie. She's already dead. So we're just going to you know say something five years ago and boom, we're going to show you Elena. So it, I, I like the movie a lot and it sounds like I don't. I do. But to me, this was a, a movie that wasn't needed. Okay, I, I think you you stand with a you you know your argument is gonna be um, have a lot of people on the same side, which is okay. You know, um, I don't necessarily agree with you, but that's the beauty of podcasting and you know the opinion. I think at moments it it was important in the scheme of things that I think it sets up so many more things. Like you know we. We're moving away from the Stark tech and kind of the Pym tech because, you know, H Hank Pym's kind of a tertiary character in the scheme of things. And maybe we're moving into the, you know, Milena tech and the, you know, the Russian sleeper cell tech. But um, I want to talk about the, the heroes. Let's say quote unquote heroes because at times they weren't heroes. Uh, one was locked up in prison. The other one was working for the bad guys. Uh, and the other one, you know, Yelena's just kind of living her life as the, the world's deadliest teenager. What did you think of the, you know, the heroes in this movie? Because I thought, like, I really enjoyed their setups. It felt like uh, each main character had their, like, own little welcoming scene. You know what I mean? Where yeah. we, you know, the, the pigs and, and everything, the pigs in the prison and Budapest. I thought that was great. And I, per I personally, and I'm curious to see where you're at with this, I would like to see each of them more. And I think each character was casted perfectly. Yeah, and that's my biggest thing. I thought the casting was phenomenal. Um you know, Rachel Weiss is a great actress. Uh, we haven't seen a whole lot of her lately. Um, you know, you know, I first saw her when she was in The Mummy with Brendan yeah. Fraser. And, you know, she was great. And now I think she's married to Daniel Craig. So, yeah. you know, maybe she's, you know, living the home life. But I think she's a great actress. I think she's a uh, beautiful actress. And to see her in this role, I thought it was really cool. Um, David Harbour uh, redeemed everything from Hellboy. Yeah. Uh, 
I thought this was a perfect casting. I thought he was funny. I thought he was charismatic. I thought, you know, he was an asshole at times, but it, you know, showed what in the very beginning of the movie when he played the dad type. Yeah. And it was very like, oh, he's a, he's a nice guy. And then you see him in prison, and you're like, oh, no, he's a piece of shit. Um, but like, well, he, yeah, he went, he went from Hopper to Hellboy pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, got, you know, tatted up and, I the the scene when he puts the suit on, and I love he was I love the stories that he told about how he defeated Captain America. Yeah, like oh I did this to Captain America, and someone's like, dude, he was on ice. Yeah, Ursa, like called him out. Yeah, yeah, you're like you didn't do anything. Um, and then Yelena, like Florence Pugh, was phenomenal. Yep. Um, you know, and then like you said, they they gave small. They did a lot of character building without doing. A lot. Yeah, they didn't really waste. They didn't really waste scenes. No, no. They gave you backstories within dialogue instead of flashbacks, which I thought was pretty good. And I, I thought that was great. I thought the three that they casted to play her, you know, quote unquote family, um, was great. I, I thought the characters were great. I thought the the acting was great. The casting. Um, I don't see, like, I don't have any else in mind that could have played these characters. I, I think they did a good job, and I think they did a good job surrounding Natasha Romanoff. Yeah, I heard some. Uh, I heard a rumor, not a rumor. I uh, heard a story that David Harbor was just like hanging out in London or Paris, and got a call from Kevin Feige and was like, "Hey, you want to shoot Black Widow?" And he was like, "I didn't even know you were making this movie," and like jumped on. And I thought it was like, "What a random phone call to get!" Like, "Hey, you just want to be a superhero for a minute?" Like, I've been waiting for that call for years. <laughs> Come on, Kevin, call me. But then like. Also, if you kind of go back into, like, the history of the casting process for these characters, uh, Yelena, there were three people in in the running for this. It was um, Florence Pugh, obviously, she won, uh, Emma Watson, and Sarsha Ronan, which I could see two out of the three of them with um, Sarsha Ronan and Florence Pugh. Emma Watson, the wild card, I, I don't know how I would have seen that as uh, as Yelena, but uh, I'm here for all three of them, but I love what Florence Pugh did. No, I, I think all three of them would have been good. Um, but I think Florence Pugh just knocked it out of the park. Like, I, I've i seen two movies with her in it. Midsummer and uh, that wrestling movie. Fighting with uh, My Family. Yeah, Fighting with My Family. And she was, I mean, Midsummer was super, super weird. Uh, it's one of those artsy horror movies. It was, it was, it was super weird, super gory. Um, she was good in it. But uh, it, it was, but like... The two things I saw her and I thought she was great, and she was great in fighting with my family, and, yeah. Um, Playing Paige. Yeah, and so when she was casting this, I was like, okay, I'm on board, and she knocked it out of the park. And yeah. you know, I'm glad that we're going to see more of her. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that scene was absolutely huge, and we'll talk about the futures in a bit. But we have to also. Midsummer is not a movie in my mind. I think it's more of a film where you have to. You can't be a, just a movie fan and watch that. You have to be a film fanatic and just yeah. to break that down. But uh, let's talk about the hot button issue. Everybody has their thoughts, and that's Taskmaster. Um, and I'm prefacing this with I am a comic-accurate Taskmaster fan. So, yes. you know, understand where I'm coming from on this. I understand why they did what they did. I understand that they needed a character to bring the story together. And in our final Loki lounge, I said that Loki – ties into Taskmaster and ties into this movie. Do you remember how? Uh, not off the top of my head, but I do okay. remember saying it. Saying that. So let's go back to Avengers. Way, way yes. back. Well, 2012, right? Let's go back to that scene where Natasha is talking to Loki and really letting her guard down, right? Only to find out what he is, his plan is. And it was obviously to unleash the Hulk, right? So... Loki is talking in his cell and he tells Natasha, like, you haven't really, you know, you've never been a hero. And she's like, I got a lot of red tape. And then he says, Dreadoff's daughter. Right? Okay. We didn't know that she blew up the building, blew up a little girl until this movie, right? But the Easter egg and the breadcrumb for Taskmaster, this version of Taskmaster, which I believe isn't just a character, but a mantle, was peppered almost 10 years ago so loki 
ties into everything. I think that's why he's getting a show because he's so important. You know, he's the the most important character at some points of the MCU, which is wild to even think about. But I thought that that was cool. I wish personally that the villain in this movie would have been somebody different uh, that wasn't tied to, you know, the red tape and the red room. But this is a Black Widow movie, right? And you can't have a Black Widow movie without a red room. If I were to cast anybody, a, a superhero-wise, right? I think it would have been Omega Red. And the reason... Yeah, me too. The, the reason why I say Omega Red is because this version of Taskmaster wasn't a villain that needed an entire family, a team of superheroes, like a loose, a hodgepodge team of superheroes to beat. You know what I mean? It, this was a kind of a mini boss in the scheme of things like where they all had their scenes fighting him but at the end of the day it was natasha versus taskmaster it wasn't yeah. you know this you have four superheroes or super you have four heroes anti-heroes or whatever to beat one just intense lebron james who studies all the tape you know what i mean mm-hmm. so i think omega red would have been that big boss that you needed to tie all the family issues together. Like you needed to, you know, Natasha to drop her feelings towards Red Guardian, which we saw. We needed those, all the happy endings that we saw, we needed them to be tied up because of this villain, not because of the situation. But what do you, what do you think of our boy? Or, or sorry, our girl, yeah. Taskmaster. I get what, like kind of, I get they did what they did. Um, you know, Taskmaster, I've always liked it the character itself so you know i i get them putting a new villain into the movie um i didn't per se like it and it wasn't because they changed the sex and the origin of taskmaster i just think the scenes that taskmaster was in was cool but i feel they kind of underutilized it okay the character um i don't know i just thought it could have been executed a little better it has i nothing think that to- i think any scene that taskmaster was in with some of the best parts of this movie. No, definitely. And I, I the scenes that it was in was great. But I, I don't know. To me, the story-wise, and uh, kind of fell short, just in my opinion. Um, but the, the look, I know people were upset about the look. And I'm like, you're not going to get the big, white, goofy-looking mask. I it's not goofy. That. It's not goofy. Come on. No, Be nice. It, That's not goofy. It's not goofy. It's, it's amazing. It's not practical. No, it is. Have you seen the purge? You can have that mask and run around. The purge has but, taught you that you know, furry Fortnite helmets can be scary. But Taskmaster, I keep saying Taskmaster. I love Task, it. Just keep. I'm keeping it. I'm keeping Task it. Taskmaster. Um, the one thing I I had, and this is just me being a nerd and knowing about actresses and actors. I like Olga Clarienko. I do. Yeah. I was really shocked that she was in it. Okay. And that she was half master. Master. Um, Keep saying it, man. I'm here for it. But she's 45 years old. Yeah, she looks like a like she's 17. Yeah, and and then like and I'm like, well, no, she's way older than. Like she's supposed to play like a 20 year old. Yeah. And I'm like that. To me, that was just me being. That was my gripe. It was like, well, she's a lot older than she actually is. Like, why? Oh, but I don't think that translated. Like, if you if you weren't a movie geek, right? Didn't have box office oh, no, flashback. No, yeah, no. I, I, I think it. people would have been like, okay, that's good casting. You know what I mean? Because she doesn't look in her forties. She's no, aged she doesn't wonderfully. I, I I think she's forty two, something like that. But like, she's obviously not. Like when Black Widow killed her, so that was what. Before Iron Man 2. So it was before she became part of S.H.I.E.L.D. So you're looking at, what, 12 years prior. So Scarlett Johansson was like 20. And then the character was, what, 8, 10, 12 years old. So really, Taskmaster should be like 24, 25. So do you hear that, that? Do you hear that sound? No. That's everybody turning off the podcast because you're doing actor math. That's hard. <laughs> you know, that's just like 
you know, you're, you're trying to rationalize two actors' ages. I get it. If that's your only gripe, then this movie's uh, an absolute win. That's, it, just, that's <laughs> just me because I, 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 I look at weird shit like that. Like, I'm just like, she's 42 years old. Like, how can she? But it, I like Olga Klarenko. I thought it was great that she was in it. I was like, holy shit. My wife's like, who's that? I oh, love that Claren- you're still trying to say her name. It's Olga <laughs> Klarenko, right? Kirilenko. Close enough. Yeah, you were close. I mean, at some part, you called her Olgi. <laughs> you called her Oli Koliglenko. And I was like, who are we talking about? But this I is butchered no, this way is, worse names than that. So. Chuck, you're on, you're on brand, and I love it. But let's move on from Taskmaster because I, I feel like you're getting a little heated. And, you know, the, the math whiz of you is coming out. And we can save that for Active Geek Math Hour. But let's talk about the future because that's really what this sets up. This sets up the future for several different reasons right let's just go we'll go character by character uh yelena i obviously know that she's going to be in hawkeye right if you didn't see the end credit scene val shows up and says you want to see the person who killed your sister he's kind of cute and it's ronin so we have that i think that's very cool um i would like to see yelena uh and the widows get a series actually as they actually pretty cool Right, as they deprogram other widows across the world Uh, i would also like her to get her own movie or a series um if she would be the next Black Widow. I don't think we just need a Yelena series, but I think we need another, a new Black Widow series. If that's what we're going to get, she gets the sequel. Um, if not her own se- if not her own series, I honestly would like her to be the widow of the Secret Avengers because I think that's kind of where Val's going. Secret Avengers, Dark Avengers, Thunderbolts, uh, that's my dark horse. But I would like to see that. Where do you see Yelena in the future? Uh, well, obviously Hawkeye, but like I do see her taking over the Black Widow mantle, whether okay. it's for good or bad. Um, I think she's going to turn good eventually. You I know, think she's already I, turned good. I think this was her coming out party turning good. Yeah, but she's trying to kill an Avenger now. But she doesn't know the full story. Like, of course she's going to try and kill an Avenger, but like who hasn't tried to kill an Avenger? Hawkeye and Black Widow weren't good at one point. You know what I mean? So I doesn't this doesn't make Yelena the villain. I think this is just making Yelena Star Lord from you know uh, Avengers Infinity War, where he's reacting emotionally. I can see that, but okay. I I just want to, uh, but no, like I I want to see. Her, I think she's going to be more than just Hawkeye. I think we're going to see her for many years to come. I agree. She's too hot of a name and too good of an actress mm-hmm. to to just one-off but you know they did it to Kate Blanchett so who knows uh let's go to Red Guardian David Harbour uh who is a huge fan of this character and huge fan of just being in the Marvel Universe where I would like to see him go uh there's going to be a, a trend here I'd like to see him join whatever team they're doing the Dark Avengers the Secret Avengers the Thunderbolts I would like to see him come back as Red Guardian and get this in a limited series set in the 80s which would feature his fight with Captain America because as we know in this timeline, Steve Rogers went back in time to give the stones and then lived a life with Peggy Carter, which means he was not frozen in the 80s. Okay. So what a fantastic movie that could have been. Or who, who's to say he doesn't fight Steve Rogers and he fights Isaiah Bradley or he fast forwards and he gets a fight with Anthony Mackie. You know what I mean? There's a there's yeah, a lot. No. A lot of things going on there. I would be a big fan of that. Where where do you see uh, Red Guardian, David Harbour? I had two things. Uh, first, I'd like to see him uh, in like Captain America 4. I don't think he's going to be the main villain. I could see him kind of like a Bartrock to Leaper role like he okay. was in uh, Civil War. Um, but like I can see him kind of saying like, oh, you know, like kind of talking shit because, he, you know, in his mind, he beat Captain America before. I can beat Captain America again. Um Obviously, he didn't beat Captain America because, you know, as far as we know, he didn't. But uh, so that's the first one. Second one, you kind of mentioned it. With the Russian tie-in, it would be kind of cool seeing an X-Men movie maybe with Omega Red. Okay. Um, I I think Omega Red needs to be in the movies or a series somehow. And with the Russian tie-in, they never had an affiliate uh, together. But I yeah. think, uh, you know, they could always tie it, tie it in somehow. 
So let me ask you a question. Do you think that Omega, not Omega Red, uh, Red Guardian at this moment is a villain? No. Okay. Because you made him seem like he's a villain, like a bat, like Batroc is a villain, right? Yeah. So I'm I just mean, curious, I... curious to see where where you stand with our young man. I don't know, like young young man. Yeah, why not uh, be generous? But uh, <laughs> it's okay I, if you do. Like honestly, I don't care. Uh, I don't I just, think he's a villain, I but I don't I don't know who who you know he was in prison. We don't really know how he got in prison, but. Uh, who knows? But like, I, w- I would definitely like to see him. I like I said, I think you know, an Omega Red team up somehow would be pretty cool. Yeah, I'll tell you who the real villain is: the institutionalization of prison. Now um, let's uh, let's go to Milena. Milena, where do you see Milena? Because this is where I see her. I don't even know if she shows up again. To be honest with you, um, <laughs> I literally she... have that. I wrote. I don't know if we'll see her again. Okay, cool. Um, so let's let's piggyback on my next thought because since you already aired yours i think if she does show up maybe armor wars as a consultant would be fantastic maybe to aim which would, would be even be cooler re- that would be cool because of her tech background yeah or maybe the yelena black widow sequel that i'm dreaming of yeah i think she's just got to be tied to the either the the tech aspect or the black widows there's no you know because she does become iron maiden that would be pretty cool like that, they recruit her for the Thunderbolts later down the line, and like she has to fight, uh, she has to fight Yelena, and that would be like mother versus daughter, and would be fairly awesome. But she'd have to be brainwashed. That would have to include Hydra, you know, a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, and then we have Taskmaster. Um, this ties into another character for me, and it might tie in for another character for you. And if it doesn't, then we'll talk about the other character. If Taskmaster remains Antonia, right? I'd like to see her recondition and join the Thunderbolts and lead the Thunderbolts because Taskmaster theoretically has been a, a leader. King in Black, he was the leader of the, the Thunderbolts. Very Suicide Squad-esque, right? But if it's not Antonia, I think it's going to be Mason. I think Mason should take up um, the mantle of Taskmaster and then lead the Thunderbolts. So either way, I want Taskmaster to lead the Thunderbolts. Mason, to me, which we haven't even talked about, this is a character who's been on the poster, right? And we yeah. saw him sleeping in two scenes. Right, but he's a getter. He's got connections. I think he's bigger than what we're, what we were given, and I think we're going to see the mantle come. You know, maybe he becomes Taskmaster after the death of Natasha, and becomes so mad that his goal is to hunt down and kill the Avengers, which would be super dope. And he joins Florence Pugh in the sequel or whatever. But I think that'd be fantastic. Where do you see Taskmaster, i.e., and Mason? So first, I thought we might see Mason. So we know he's kind of the hookup. You know, it can get like the black market stuff. For, yeah, he's the plug. Uh, yeah. So I thought maybe we could see him in Hawkeye. Okay. And he's kind of, you know, since Natasha had that connection with Clint, and Mason would have that connection with him, and that would be Yelena's in way to, to get to Hawkeye. Smart. So I thought maybe that would be their tie. Like, okay, so a couple years has passed. Natasha's dead. Mason is somehow, maybe he was the one hooking up Ronan. The one hooking up, you know, how how Ronan got where he was at that point. When he, you know, in between, after um, Infinity War, or before Infinity War, or no, after Infinity War, in between Endgame, when he was just killing people. Maybe he used Mason for that role. So... To me, Mason could be the linchpin between Yelena getting to Clint. Yeah. Do you think that Mason knew who Clint was because of his ties to Natasha? So it's like they're already mutuals. I, I think he, he knew about Budapest, right? And yeah, Budapest is huge in the Black Widow lore as far as MCU com- concerns. Yeah. So I I think we could see Mason, you know, being linked to Clint. That'd be cool. And, and I think that's how Yelena's got her in because she, she's dealt with Mason. And, you know, for all he knows, she's not after Clint. So she, she could, that's how she gets her in. Yeah. So, Do you think he becomes Taskmaster? Uh, we all thought he was. <laughs> I think he thought you know, he was for a while. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I, I wouldn't hate it, but I wouldn't hate if, you know um, – Antonia stays Taskmaster. Antonia, Antonia stays it. 
So okay. um, it's funny. We have the same thing with uh, Taskmaster. I literally says I can see Val Valentina um, recruiting her to lead the Thunderbolts. Yeah, I mean she's super dangerous. Of all the you know, Yelena's dangerous, U.S. Agent's dangerous, but Taskmaster is a you know that's the ace in the hole. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a yeah. trained assassin who you know essentially is has like computer chip. Yeah, and if you think about it, right? So. The, the power of Taskmaster kind of replicating and being able to, you know, see the game tape, essentially, and then be able to just produce after that uh, is important. But also the fact that she's got Black Widow's abilities, she's got Hawkeye's abilities, she's got um, Captain America's abilities. But the, the biggest one is Black Panther, who is one of the greatest hand-to-hand combatants in comics. You know, he's trained in like 600 different forms of martial arts, and I'm being a little exaggerative there, but um, that's important. Like, Taskmaster can be lethal, like just going out there and, you know, clipping fools. So I'm here for it. I'm absolutely here for it. Uh, more Taskmaster is great for me. And I, you know, to discuss your, your gripes, on, you know, people don't like the suit, I thought the suit was super dope. Um, I love that he had like a, or she had a, a kind of like armored book bag that, turned into like Santa's sack for a second like it popped out a sword and it popped out a you know a full compound bow and arrows like I thought that that was very very cool and very militant as Taskmaster was a hired gun for a assassin organization so that's me the last thing I want to ask you Chuck you got to grade it geek grader here we go we haven't brought out the geek grader in a while no, we haven't we're gonna bring the geek grader out next week too but that's a little breadcrumb there what do you give this one to ten? Seven and a half Okay, seven and a half. We're fairly close. I gave it an eight point seven. Okay. I liked I after the second like I loved it the first time, but after the second time, I appreciated it more, and I wish I would have watched it the second time, or whatever, uh, right before Galaxy Wars because I would appreciate it more and my review would have been more fair. But that's it, man. We're gonna get out of here. We have a full episode coming out next week. We're gonna record it in the same week because I'm going on vacation, but. You know, that's neither here nor there. Guess what we're talking? We're talking Space Jam. Welcome to, welcome to the Space Jam. I'd insert those lyrics if I didn't have to pay for royalties. But we're going to talk about it. No Quad City DJs in this episode. But we're going to discuss a little bit, a little bit about Space Jam. Because we still want to kind of have a relationship with Warner Brothers. We're going to geek grade it. <laughs> We're going to discuss some some sporty geekness, which is fun. So it's a whole brand new little take for us. But that's it, man. Follow us on social media. Follow us on, uh, yeah, follow us on social media everywhere. Subscribe to the podcast. If you're already subscribed, unsubscribe, then resubscribe. It helps us in the algorithm, which is very weird. But do that. Give us a review if possible. Then you can follow the family, the network. We're like we're like Dom Toretto. We're, not, we're about family here, Chuck. We've got... <laughs> We've got Galaxy Wars, me and Tom. We've got Cage My IQ. It puts the active and active geek. If you're an MMA fan, any type of combat sports, listen to Cage My IQ with family of the podcast, Dan, and uh, me every Thursday as I talk about fights that I pretend I know about. We'll be back next week talking basketball, something I do know about. And yeah, that's it, man. Watch Space Jam before we spoil it. For the Active Geek Podcast, I am Jim. I am Chuck. And we are out.